I have learned that I am a natural cheerleader. I enjoy other people's successes. And we're, you know, if we're given God's gifts, we don't keep it stale. We continue to improve upon it and build upon the raw materials that he's given us. And so in that, I have learned that I'm a very good encourager. Welcome back to Chat with Leaders, where we amplify the voices of leaders who use business and influence as a force for good. We believe that it's their example that will have a tremendous impact on our next generation of servant leaders who will carry us forward into our bright, sustainable future. Today, I'm chatting with my friend Joe Yi, the Executive Vice President at Apogee Financial Partners in Atlanta, Georgia. We talk about how important it is to build leadership character in our youth, his lessons learned during his time in the military and at West Point, transitioning into civilian life as a sales leader, and the biggest lessons he's learned about servant leadership along the way. In the end, this has helped him realize the importance of knowing where the striving for rank ceases to arrive in a place of peace around your giftedness as a leader and why being the senior most leader isn't always the best fit. You won't want to miss this conversation with Joe Yi. Enjoy. Joe, when was your first memory of feeling recognized and self-actualized as a leader before entering into your adult life? Yeah, going going back way back in my childhood, you say adult life, you know, just like any any boy playing sports, I think you know, a lot of my a lot of my leadership or belongingness and was in a team environment in sports. So I remember walking onto the high school soccer team and I've never played organized soccer. And we were, the, the area that I was in uh, was quite active in soccer. So I was the only one that didn't have any, you know, like little club experience. Went out and and I literally, literally didn't know what the positions were. So when I was asked, when the coach asked, hey, so what position are you trying out for? I said, position i just want here to play soccer and and i ended up uh, trying out for the middle uh the uh, center midfielder just because that was in the middle of everything uh and and i quickly excelled in that so you know when position of leadership and kind of that recognition to make me feel really good that i belong uh was when i became became uh, the, the, the team captain of the soccer team from from trying out without any experience and then playing that center position role, feeling like that really belonged, right? And found my place there. Big affirmation, big, big affirmation of growing up as a kid and having that, having that team effort. Yeah, that really reminds me of the position I'm in in my life, Joe, of actually coaching uh, my son, my six-year-old son in soccer and seeing him come into his own with his own individual leadership and and really seeing what that might bring in the future, as well as my seven-year-old daughter, who my, my wife has been helping out with coaching responsibilities. But it is yeah. such a joy to see how sports bring out the best in children and give them the confidence and the life skills that they need to forge ahead and how formidable that really is. Sometimes it takes stepping back and realizing as a parent how important it is to give our children those opportunities to lead at a young age. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that, the sense of belonging in a, in a team and getting something excited about camaraderie with other people. And you, you know, we, we, we gain that uh, as we grow old, older, 
and it just kind of takes different forms, right? But that's such a that's such a big part uh, of our lives, and, and especially in this COVID environment, we had to kind of seek it. You know, it didn't just come automatically. Sometimes we had to go seek that camaraderie, and especially as men. I and now maybe maybe I'm being too gender biased, but that is just so important for for our belongingness and purpose, finding purpose in relationships like that. Yeah, I love the word belonging. I think that's so important for anybody to feel empowered within a community to do leadership related things and to have an impact in the world to feel like they belong in that space. And so as a servant leader, making people feel like they belong in your environment and empowering them to take on responsibility uh, is such an important aspect of, of leadership. And Joe, one of the things that I know has been formidable for you too, is your your military uh, background. So uh, I know that with you, the US uh, Army uh, was your path early in your life. And I know that it's notorious for its exceptional core values around loyalty and duty and respect selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. I think that's seven total that has been notorious for, for what the Army stands for. Which of these did you feel impacted your character the most during your time at West Point and during your active service? Yeah, gosh, from, all, from the things that you mentioned, and this is going back many years now, you know, so I started on, uh, on that military journey 30 years ago and, and, and I didn't spend a lot of time in it. But if there, there are a couple of things that I would pick out from what you said of selfless service, that is to recognize that you're part of a bigger thing. Uh, when, when we say selfless service, that, that really is a recognition of an organization or, or whatever mission uh, that's really beyond, beyond uh, yourself. And of course, the army, just by definition of what it does, is just part of a bigger machine and finding mission in it. You know, I was a junior soldier, so uh, and and I was a young man. So, so to uh, understand that we all had a personal mission or something like that, those were just being formed. But you know, as a eighteen-year-old or nineteen-year-old uh, going into college and into the military academy and, and coming out as an officer at, at the age of 23 you know, and to be part of a bigger, bigger organization that had a very clear mission and had a very clear role for me where I didn't have to do a lot of self-definition uh, around, around that mission, the organizational mission. I actually think that was a real benefit for me. And I, I didn't do a lot of self-searching. Uh, on, on it. And so much of our purpose is based upon the activity. And so that activity came very naturally in that environment. And I think I, as a young man, that was a wonderful environment for me. Individually, you, know, you said something about uh, maybe courage around that. All along that organizational you know, development or you know, my, my personal development within an organization, you know, I will tell you that that's that standing in a boxing ring, which was a mandatory course in college, uh, and having to get hit and uh, be hit and also hit somebody else, there's an incredible courage that 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 is built in that. 
personal courage. Now, everybody has to go through it. So it's not like I was, I was an exception to it. But that individual, in, individual finding of personal courage is really a pretty cool thing. And it really gave me a lot of respect for uh, other athletes who have these individual sports. I've always been a team sport guy. And so, so when, when stepping into a boxing ring, that was kind of a new thing for me. But when you think of wrestlers or tennis players or maybe even a swimmer, you know, the things that they have to do on their own and they stand on the, on, on the platform before they jump into the swimming pool on their own, it gave me a sense of how personal courage really plays a big part in, in, in the youth development or young adult development. And, and, and the boxing ring more than anything else really helped that courage development. It's a pretty cool experience in my life. And, and I would, I would, I would uh, encourage anybody who hasn't boxed, just do it one time. Just step in the boxing ring and be open to get hit as well as hit somebody else. <laughs> I don't know that I'm necessarily equipped to put myself in that situation, but uh, a couple scraps as a young boy, but uh, I'm glad that you and I are really unpacking this idea of instilling character and things like personal courage in youth. It's probably, it's, it's not something that we often touch on enough on this show, but it is so important for the developing leaders of our next generation to have the exposure to these opportunities at a young age that help them see that that future path towards becoming a leader. And then when something like COVID happens, which required a lot of mental fortitude and courage to get out in front and to lead as a servant leader, that they have already instilled that. It's inherent in their character now. And so um, so important that I think we plug our, our children and our next generation and support those opportunities for them to build character through sports and through uh, times of achievement or overcoming adversity uh, at a young age. So thank you for bringing that to light. And you, you just said something that just got, got me thinking about safety nets. And of course, for especially with our children, our families, we were meant to be uh, providers and some defenders of our loved ones as, you know, as the men in our family. And so we think of building safety nets uh, to our, for our loved ones. And so as you were saying that, I, I was thinking, well, yeah, that safety net shouldn't be so close. You know, that, that, sh that should have some depth to that safety net and that builds character. Yeah, I was just, just thinking that now my, my kids are grown now. Now with this discussion, I get to reflect on, on how deep that safety net was as they were growing up. Joe, at this point in your life, uh, coming out of the Army, you transitioned into civilian life and started working in a corporate sales career. How would you describe that transition, how you found your footing, what and or who at that time had a significant impact in making that possible and giving you the, the courage in a different environment? Yeah, you know, the, the catalyst uh, there in going into sales uh, was was really salary driven and it was it was my first son was uh, my first kid son was was on the way and and I had an opportunity to move into sales uh, at the encouragement of of, of, uh, of, of, of of a gentleman who became my mentor and very um, very thankful that he was a catalyst in my life but I can't tell you that that I've ever thought of myself as a salesperson 
you know, I've, I've certainly have uh, held that role and held that title of being in sales. And it still, still seems a little foreign to me. But luckily, I think mo most, mostly in, in uh, very complex sales environments, sales really means uh, a, a service and, and, and some level of dedication uh, to the, you know, whatever the business mission is for, for, the, for the customer and, 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 to the, and to my own corporation. So in that sort of environment, yeah, it, it came natural from a mission service complexity, large uh, uh, opportunity, those, those sort of things. And, and it was fun. It, it was fun. And the one thing that I've always felt is that I wanted to be in an organization, part of the organization that, that was at the forefront of that organization. And, you know, like we, we often say that about sales that they drive, drive revenue and drive where the, um, the, the company is going. And, and that, that was true from the companies that I've worked in, where the sales organizations had really the, the, the most of the influence on the culture of the organization. So that was a good environment to be in, to be in, to be in a sales role where the sales teams were very strong, where they were driven, driving the nature uh, of the, how the company operated. Certainly, I wouldn't want to be in the, in, a, in the operations part of those sort of organizations. I mean, those, those certainly have challenges and uh, uh, wonderful things itself. Um, but I found corporations where, you know, we don't always plan, you know, we don't, we don't connect, connect the dots ourselves most of the times in our lives, right? We, we find that we're in a place and then we connect the dots later. Uh, and, and really, it's God doing all the all the planning out and you kind of have to look in the rear view mirror to see how God impacted our lives that way. Um, and so I was in wonderful organizations with great leadership, with the interpersonal dynamics that, that very, very much was supportive to my growing up professionally, personally, and, and providing for my family and doing, doing what I need to do. Pretty early on in your career, you crossed into more of a leadership role versus an independent contributor. At that point, how did your military background inform your approach with serving those direct reports and stepping into that type of a role? Yeah, gosh. Well, and I would say that those, those, that was a good and a bad sort of thing. You know, um, I, I stepped into a, a, a um, leadership role in sales fairly early. I didn't have a lot of sales background uh, on this. I certainly didn't even have much of a corporate background. It was, it was three years out of the army when I got my first um, sales managerial position, um, and then two years after that, a, a fairly significant sales managerial position. So I was 32 years old, and I was managing a uh, a North American sales team of very highly capable, very mature, experienced sales salespeople. Um, so while I was in my young 30s, everybody on the team reporting to me was in their mid-40s and up. Just so they were certainly much more mature, much more experienced. And I came out with, with that military background and I had a, a lot of energy, a lot of arrogance, a lot of ignorance of really saying in my way or the highway type, type of mentality in, in, in the corporate world. I mean, that doesn't really, really fly. You kind of do the my way, but you don't really do the highway. You know, you'll find, find a ways, way to work together, even, even though there may be some friction. 
what I would say is because I, because I was a little arrogant and ignorant and growing up where, where, where we, everybody was mission-minded more than feelings or individual. And growing up, first career in the Army, maybe even culturally, I would say, it was all about mission and team first. And then you know, you're trying to say, hey, we're big boys. Like, you don't have to show your feelings here, that sort of thing. So, so I would say I lacked a lot of empathy. Uh, as a as a young thirty year old, especially especially to to a team that was much more mature, much more responsible, had much more complex lives, and and, and lacking that empathy of insight into other or even caring about uh, those other aspects of their lives, I, I would tell you that I probably grew up very quickly uh, by creating a lot of friction. Uh, in the organization, we accomplished our goal, you know, and, and you know, sometimes we, sometimes uh, I would say that I, I got only focused on accomplishing the goal. And then if I could really, really redo some of that, uh, I, would, I would have practiced a little empathy and I would have kind of learned some empathy. Maybe it doesn't come naturally to me either. So, you know, that's, that's something hopefully I'm growing up into to be a better person around that. Leadership is a lifelong journey of development. There's no perfect playbook, but this is why we have these conversations is to hopefully inspire and edify our our next generation of leaders. And we'll get there in a moment to, to close with some advice uh, to them. So you mentioned to me over dinner recently that you've grown to realize that your preference now is to actually be the number two in an organization and support the, the top leader the senior most leader. Can you share with our listeners how this has become clear to you? Because everyone's goal is to get to the top. Uh, and what's the impact of knowing where the striving for rank ceases? Yeah, yeah. I have learned uh, that I am a natural cheerleader. I, I enjoy other people's successes. I am no different than anybody else that I've got my own goals and own mission. But you know, it's interesting that probably more in my 40s and into my 50s, I have been investigating how I am equipped by God and what, what my natural gifts are. And maybe some of that I'm still searching for all of those. And, and we're, you know, if we're given God's gifts, we don't keep it stale. We continue to improve upon it and and build upon uh, the, the raw materials that he's given us. And so in that, I have uh, learned that I'm a very good encourager, that I enjoy teaching. One of the things that it says in the Bible of uh, administration, uh, the gift of administration, and a lot of, a lot of times my first inkling on that word was around more of a task management. Like when I think of administration, the way we define it in the corporate world, that that's really just doing tasks and really kind of sitting on that word a little bit was, was really not that. I actually think the Bible is, uh, talk, talks about administration as a management of processes and, and, you know, yeah, of course, tasks to get things done. And I found out that those are the areas that I, I am very comfortable in and things that I enjoy. I, I enjoy managerial, uh, seeing things done, 
uh, encouraging other people, teaching other people the skills, whether it's technical skills or, or, or other type of skills that comes the, through our professional responsibilities here. What that recognition allowed me to do was to find areas that where I can put those you know, gifts or and natural motivations into place. And that is being partnered uh, with somebody who leads an organization through great vision, to have incredible you know, integrity of heart, where they're, that person's, person's vision, mission, and integrity aligns with my personal mission, vision, and integrity. Um, and I mean integrity in a very broad sense. It's not just the truth or honesty. Like, no, it's about being, being comfortable with, with your natural person. And it's a blessing that I have that, that sort of relationship. I've found my place uh, in this organization where those natural uh, uh, integrity of relationship it is upward and and with my colleagues. So it's multiple directional uh, that that integrity has a fit. Well, once I recognized uh, what I'm gifted to do and where, where I wanted to pursue professionally, how I wanted to apply those gifts, I found a natural place where, that, where, where I could be you know, excelling in, in that. It's a wonderful peace of mind to have to kind of know that role of where you're playing out your your giftedness uh, that God's given you and and you're natural at that. And I, I do see that that servant leadership mentality of you. And I've seen that in action in many ways. And it's something that I admire greatly. Joe, as we wrap up here, it's just kind of a rapid fire final question. What advice would you provide to leaders who are mentoring our next generation of aspiring leaders to help encourage their growth while honing in on the level of leadership that's best suited for them, or more importantly, helping them hone in on that level of leadership that's best suited for them? Yeah, uh, I'll go back to empathy. As Paul in the Bible would say, if you don't do it out of love, it's kind of meaningless. So when we do mentorship, thinking that we may know, know a lot, that we have a lot of experience and knowledge to share. And if that's the focus of mentorship, I would say don't. Only do it if, if you want to put love first and, and then everything else will follow. Yeah, I will tell you that, that, that as obvious as that is, learning that and, and making a core part of, part of our, our actual action has been a process for me and still a, a development process for me. If uh, people wanted to follow the work that you're doing today and learn more about you as a leader, your business, where would you guide them online? I'm active on LinkedIn and it's easy to find me there. And so that's probably the best way to start. And uh, you can, you can, I've got my contact information there and the organization that I belong to. Well, we'll include all of that in the show notes, Joe. It's such a gift to know you as a, as a human being, a leader, and uh, someone who I look up to. So thank you for sharing your gift of time and wisdom today. Yeah, thank, thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate that. Well, that wraps up another edition of Chat with Leaders. Thank you for investing your time with us today. If you haven't already, we would be grateful if you shared this episode with a friend and rated it on Apple or wherever you get your podcast so we can pass down the wisdom from our guests to more aspiring leaders. 
If you're interested in launching a professional podcast to grow your business, we would love to help. Check out chatwithleaders.com for more information and feel free to reach out by emailing team at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again and go be a leader worth following.